The brain processes nearly 10,000 visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customer see your business in the right way. Funky Vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites, and social media packages. For more information or a no-commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk. You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the pod station. Welcome everyone to episode 48 of the Go Fish Marketing Podcast where each week we take a topic, we discuss it thoroughly and hopefully it might be of use for you when you're trying to look at how to market your business or come up with a strategy or solve a problem that you may have. Uh, my name's Mark Pollard, my business is Funky Vibes Marketing. Joining me are my fellow co-host, the wonderful Ishtar Ali of Ancora Interiors. How are we doing Ishtar? I'm doing really well Mark, thank you. You're having some internet problems today, aren't you? I am. I apologise. I don't know why. Are you downloading an illegal film somehow? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I'll be on the phone to Sky after this call. <laughs> <laughs> if Sky would like to be a sponsor, then get in touch with GoFish at thepodstation.co.uk, uh, but you may be advised that you might have to fix Ishtar's internet before doing so, um, or else you might not get the promo that you're after. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> also joining us is our other fellow co-host. He's shaking his head because he's not sure what the internet is. It's the irrepressible uh, Chris Roxburgh from My Marketing Guy. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, very rude. I'm I'm doing fine, thank you, Mark. And 48 episodes. We're we're closing in on that half century, aren't we? It's very exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. I mean, you'll have to tell us because you're the only one who's got close and had a, a half century celebration. So, it, it, is it something to be excited about? Oh, I think we should have a celebration for our half century. Yes. We'll we'll do a live show and we'll sell tickets and people can come and uh, ask us questions. We'll 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 download all the best bits of all the podcasts. Well volunteered, Chris. That sounds like an editing nightmare. But uh, (laughs) I look forward to hearing your version. Right. um, So. Uh, just quickly to explain what we're going to do uh, this week we've got um, another topic where we're going to bring in some outside assistance and opinions uh, at the time of doing this we are the 23rd of june 2021 and we thought at this point we would all be able to lick each other's faces hug one another indiscriminately and just generally run around doing whatever we wanted with a laissez-faire attitude sadly apparently there's a variant around that's suddenly decided that it's not going to uh, play ball with us so we are sadly still subject to some social media uh, social media restrictions perhaps so Uh, some social distancing restrictions uh, which are certainly hindering some of the uh, businesses and their ability to trade etc which i suppose is quite nicely Uh, tied in with the topic we're going to do because today we're going to speak to some business owners and we were going to ask them 
how they are is the world all right again or in fact is it not are there still problems and i guess we're going to see firsthand today some of the ongoing impacts that are caused by these restrictions chris we, we, we certainly are we've got a we've got three very very different guests and we're going to hear three very different points of view i'm quite sure indeed so um who was your guest going to be chris my guest is uh, is Craig Greenwood, and he's Managing Director of Evercool. They're an air conditioning, ventilation and refrigeration company, and um, <clears throat> they've undergone massive growth in the last few years, to the extent that Craig has just been named uh, Young Businessman of the Year by the uh, in the Liverpool Echo Awards that took place last week. So it's a good time to be interviewing him. And so we can jump on the back of his success, his award-winning success, eh? Well, well, that's what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> You're always thinking, Mr. Roxborough. Oh, yes. Do my best. And Ishtar, you've got yourself a guest as well. Who, who's good to be joining us um, through your contact book? Yeah, so my guest will be uh, a young man called Eliel Wallace, who is actually from South Africa, but has settled here in the UK, runs a... Um, per, a was employed as a, a coach and a trainer at a gym last year, but COVID impacted his business. So he's running now a personal training business and has gone self-employed. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who resonate with his story about going through that whole employment redundancy, what the hell do I do next? And then taking that brave leap of faith in the middle of a pandemic and kind of moving forward. So I'm really excited to hear and share his story with you guys as well. And do you have a guest, Mr. Pollard? Mine's going to be uh, Dave Palmer of Perfect Getaways. You're all sitting around desperate to go on some sort of a holiday. You're probably frustrated. Well, those of you who decided to jump the gun, perhaps, and book yourselves <laughs> summer holidays abroad, uh, probably feeling frustrated at the yo-yoing of, yes, you can go, no, you can't go. Yes, you can go, but not there. Um, well, Dave's going to give us a viewpoint from a business that's had to deal with that. So if you feel frustrated about not being able to go on holiday, imagine if you, your business has had to survive um, by yeah, having yeah. to do all those yo-yos. That's going to be an interesting. Yes, indeed. So we're going to have a chat with all of those three guests. Uh, Before we do that, we do have a new section. We like to pick up on something that's current. Uh, It was recently, as in this week, announced um, the world's most valuable brand. Anyone hazard a guess? Uh, Amazon. Okay, Amazon. Ishtar, any advances on Amazon? Um, Most valuable. Hmm. Uh, Apple? Very good. So, Chris, you are right. Amazon was, in fact, number one with a value of $683 billion. Pocket change. Uh, Apple came in second-ish task, so that was a very good guess. Uh, that was six. That was a, a mere $611 billion. Uh, I know. Anyone want to guess it? Yeah, does anyone want to guess any of the uh, the others from the top ten? They're all Microsoft. pretty. Microsoft came in fourth with uh, a well, well, a poultry four hundred and ten billion. Uh, anyone else? Well, the, the majority are going to be the techie, uh, the techie giants, aren't they? They are. So we had Google in third. Uh, Facebook was in there. Um, Alibaba, Visa, oh, McDonald's, yeah. and Mastercard. Or Mastercard, depending on where you're from. I, I guess that shows the value of brand uh, and the importance of it 
for a business, I guess. And I know we're talking huge scales in comparison to probably you and I and the listeners perhaps will be used to. But there is a value attached to that imagery, that branding of your business. And if you don't take care of it, uh, it won't take care of you. Oh, and I, I was reading a few days ago. Google was started in a in somebody's garage. I think in a, in September. Um, how many years ago was Google? It's not that long ago. No. Uh, and and to think that it's in the top ten now um, makes you think: who else is working in their garage now on the on the next big thing? Doesn't it really? Yeah, so true. Not me, because I don't have a garage. Neither do I. <laughs> right. Clearly, we need to get one. I think so, yes. Because <laughs> yes. Microsoft and Apple started in garages, didn't they? I, I think this is probably step one of our how to become a billionaire, buy a garage. Get a garage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or a basement. Aren't basements popular with billionaires at this point? No, they tend to be more popular with serial killers, Ishtar. <laughs> yeah, you've got them mixed up. <laughs> to self stop listening to the crime podcast moving forwards if if somebody invites you to have a business meeting in their basement i would probably recommend you say no or, or take somebody with you <laughs> and a gun just just for good good safety measure okay noted <laughs> Uh, right, shall we move on to our guests? Yeah. Yes, let's do that. Excellent. Now, Ishtar, um, it is your guest who goes first, so would you like to do the honours? Sure. So my guest today is Mr. Eliel Wallace. Round of applause, everybody. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I never get a round of applause when you do introductions for me. Where, where's this gone? I've never done an introduction to you. That's why you're always introducing me. So Chris, I think. I it, yeah. the no, well, I was going to say, I think Ishtar's just got herself the job of doing the intros for next week's show. From now yep. on. Okay, I'll be <laughs> So, yes, my, my lovely guest today is Eliol, and I'm excited on two levels. First, because it's the first time I've brought a guest onto the show, so I'm really happy about that. And two, because Eliel is amazing, um, and I've got to know him a little bit over the last uh, few weeks, but he's a partner of a friend of mine, and I'm really excited for him to share his story because I think it's super relevant for um, today's discussion because he's obviously had that transition, as, a, as I imagine most people have had during the last 12 months or 16 months as it is now, um, in terms of being employed, going through a journey, and then looking at, you know, how we, how he moves forward. So welcome, Eliol. It's lovely to have you with us. How are you today? Thank you. Yeah, I'm really good. Um, I'm enjoying this weather. I'm South African, so I'm kind of more used to this kind of weather than the weather we usually have here. So <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm sure you're quite disappointed with the what we're, we're sitting around in our boxer shorts. Go, gosh, this is awfully hot and warm, and you're you're probably thinking mm, it's it's quite mild. It's yeah, toasty. I mean, I've had that before. I've, I, I I wear my shorts a little bit earlier in the year than most people. Everybody's like, "What are you doing in shorts?" And I'm like, oh, it's "Cool, it's great weather." <laughs> Cool. So, Eliel, um, for the purpose of the audience and our listeners, can you share a little bit of your, your backstory? Um, where were you 16 months ago um, and what has led you kind of up to the point that you are today? Yeah, of course. Um, I remember the day when Boris said we're going into lockdown. My word. I, that's etched in my memory forever. Um, 
First of all, I'm a CrossFit coach. And what that means is in CrossFit, we hold classes for up to 20, 25 people, which is constantly varied functional fitness performed at high intensity, which means that there's a lot of equipment involved. And CrossFit is all about that warehouse, you know, on the industrial estates, rowers, bikes, slam balls, rig, barbells, etc. So there's a lot going on in a class. That's to say it's not, it's not simple to run a CrossFit class. And um, I was working in Macclesfield. I was the head coach of CrossFit Silk in Macclesfield. And um, pandemic, this coronavirus thing started coming. I saw us in, in, the, you know, in Asia. And we're like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, we're fine. These things happen all the time. And then Boris is like, no, we're going into lockdown now. And I was like, whoa. I mean, this was the 22nd, 23rd of March, I think it was. Gosh. So I predicted with all, you know, I was convinced. I was like, this will last three weeks and we'll be out of it. There's no way they're going to lock everything down. Was I wrong? Gosh. Um, it's a good thing you didn't put any money on that. Exactly, <laughs> right? You know, I was so convinced. I was like, guys, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Two, three weeks, we'll be back to it. But obviously not. So CrossFit being what it is, I, as the head coach, had to figure out a way of changing classes with lots of equipment and people in it i mean what do you do right we've never been in that position before and specifically with fitness it's all about being one-to-one and being there and shouting and the music and especially crosswords a lot of like community orientated so Mm -hmm. you know people support each other when they're doing a workout and there's one person left everybody gathers around and cheers for them you know that, that we encourage that in crossword classes so on that on that Friday or the twenty seventh, whenever it was, uh, I was like, "Now nah, it'll be three weeks." It wasn't, <laughs> as we all know. Yeah. So uh, I had to move everything online. What was that experience like, Elio? You know what? In circumstances like that, it's all about having a paradigm shift of your perspective of what is happening. Um, what helped me the most, and I'm totally stealing this from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, is having a paradigm shift and going, this is the most incredible opportunity to explore another way and grow as a coach, as a person, as a leader. Um, So it was actually, it was scary for a day or two. I won't lie, I panicked a little bit and I was like, how on earth am I gonna do this? But then I had that paradigm shift and I went, right, what can we do? You know, is it gonna be Skype? And then Zoom popped up, and I wish I'd bought shares in Zoom. Back <laughs> <then>. <laughs> I think there's many people thinking that. <laughs> Goodness me, right? Somebody even mentioned Zoom. Actually, it's one of my coaches. She was like, oh, we should do, we should, um, I was like, Skype, Skype. She was like, no, 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 there's this Zoom thing. I was like, oh, that's not weird. What's Zoom? And um, <laughs> Do we need an injection before we do it? <laughs> right. So, online classes, on the screen, People at home can connect on their computer, on, an, on their phone. Um, but what I also had to do was keep the community going. So that was an extra aspect to it, which that was tricky. So what I used was WhatsApp groups um, so that people could do the workout and then talk about it afterwards. And I used the Facebook um, group that we had so people could post videos and stuff. And then I did challenges every week so people could all do them, participate, and then talk about it. 
yeah so that was yeah that was pretty cool what was the feedback from the um team that you were working with in terms of the transition between face-to-face coaching and then virtual online coaching how how did they take it there we lost a few members at the beginning um because they just couldn't and i would say it was about maybe less than 10 percent they just couldn't get it it was too weird but we gained members over the lockdown which was amazing um i'll tell you how i did that it was it was quite cool um but the people enjoyed it actually i had people messaging me saying that our classes that we held there were one of the things getting them through it because every day they could look forward to this time to spend with other people I've never been in lockdown before. I looked forward to those classes and, and talking to people, you know? Um, so yeah, really positive, a really positive response. Yeah, I can imagine from a mental well-being perspective, like you said, that must have been a massive, I know for me and I'm sure for a lot of other people, just that networking um, and communicating, whether it was, well, through Zoom essentially, um, was just a lifeline for everybody. And if you also could, get your exercise routine in there as well I guess that was a that was a, a double plus wasn't it and then so you know over the over that course you've kind of transitioned the business you know the work that you were doing from face to face to virtual how has that then progressed in terms of your mindset and your um you know thought process in terms of becoming self-employed because obviously you are you are about to launch viking fit how has that kind of progressed and why have you taken those decisions as a result of what's gone on it's it's a combination of a few different things um i was i was in control of crossfit silk's instagram page and i made a point of uploading a video or some kind of free content for people to interact with every single day over the whole of lockdown. Um, that generated leads for the business, but that also just generated people doing the workouts. And for me, that's that's awesome. Like if I design a workout and it's really fun, I tested all of them. Obviously, I, I like to suffer with the guys. I think that's important. Um, but just having people kind of... Um, commenting on the posts and hey should we do this next week and hey should we do that i came to find that i really enjoyed that i loved making content and videos and explaining things and talking about it and little tidbits of like nutritional information or um, exercise information so i found a, a joy in that that i never knew i had so that was like something that's integral into becoming your own boss nowadays that I thought that I could do, that I was kind of scared of before, but was forced to do and then enjoyed. Um, so that was a cool thing. Um, the other one was kind of lockdown gave me a lot of time to step back from pushing really hard for somebody else's business and kind of having a look around me and going, what's important to me? Because I think it's such an interesting reset that we've just had with these lockdowns, um, I think a lot of people were able to take a step back and go, hey, whoa, what actually makes me happy? Because I've got a little bit more free time now. The weather was incredible also that first spring. I, I, wow, that was amazing. So I think that really helped. <laughs> I think if it was raining all day, yeah. it might not have been as best uh, as that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it gave me the chance to take a step back and, and reevaluate what my priorities were in life. So 
um, making the decision to use Instagram, Facebook, online programming for people um, and wanting to be my own boss kind of led me to the decision finally to branch out and do my own thing. With you having to do everything online, did you have to adapt your 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 sessions? Because you mentioned at the outset that you had obviously a warehouse full of equipment and presumably people didn't have a warehouse full of equipment in their living room. So did you have, were people using children as dumbbells or tin, <laughs> tins of beans? I, I don't know. Or, or did we go for some other, other style of exercise? I love that. I love that question because it brings out such a important part of the kind of programming that I do, that I enjoy doing. And that is the ultimate scalability of everything that I program. So in one class, you can have a guy with 60 kgs on the barbell or, you know, a, another guy or lady with like a 10, 5 kg kettlebell. So that came really, that really came, it, it, was, it was good to have that experience when it went online because like you just said, nobody had any equipment. So Gosh, you know, normally in workouts, you've got rower, barbell, rig. Like, how do you do that? Well, you do body weights, a lot of body weights, and you get inventive. Like, I was on the internet every day looking for new and interesting movements. And some movements I've made up myself. Gave them weird names, like grasshoppers and stuff. Um, but that was cool because it forced me to think outside the box and to go and look at stuff that I'd never seen before. So in answer to your question, it was all about being, thinking outside the box and being innovative with movement and using backpacks a lot. A backpack's great. You just put tins of beans inside there and swing the thing and it's a kettlebell. Brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> I try that after this. <laughs> you can do a lot with the, with, the, with the backpack. Overhead squats, swings, push presses. You can throw it carry it it's great i love that elio because i think you know the fact that you thought out outside of the box and you maintain such a positive mindset given the massive shift um that you were going through how did you maintain that positive mindset throughout the last um 12 to 16 months look i'm not going to claim that it was always like positive sure i went through days when i was a little bit down and a little bit like but the thing is is that i I had a community that was kind of relying on me to deliver this every day. Um, so as soon as I start working with people, it's very easy for me to put my own stuff aside and to focus on that person. And that's the reason why I got into coaching in the first place, because I love working with people and changing their lives. Um, like I had people that did from day one, of lockdown day one all the way through all the way to the end and they never missed a day their fitness improved drastically it was amazing 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 and that just made my whole day like my whole lockdown it was fantastic so things like that kept me positive the other thing is also prioritizing yourself too um, and what I mean by that is resting enough, eating properly, drinking water, that kind of thing, you know, staying, staying healthy will keep you, your mindset positive too. Meditating. 
gosh, that helped a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. What does it look like for you and your business now moving forwards? Um, when are you going to be launching your Viking Fit um, company and what's that going to look like? Right. So, okay. Big, hairy, audacious goal, BHAG, which is like five, six, seven years, I'm going to have my own CrossFit box, for sure. Uh, no doubt, that's happening. Um, to get there, I need to work a certain path. And that path currently is getting out of the job where I'm working for a salary, working for myself because I work too hard to work for somebody else, for sure. Um, I know that I'll work harder and give better experience to people working for myself. And that way, I'll probably make a bit more money too, which is going to go towards that BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal at the end of the path. So what that looks like now is taking on one-to-one -one clients, either online um, or at a PT studio. And I'm in talks currently with a PT studio in Hale, um, and I'll be doing uh, PTs out of their studio there. Um, that online programming for people, um, putting out content um, so that people can come and follow the programming that I'm doing. And I'm also providing programming for my gym in Hazel Grove. So people that go there can do my programming. And I'm doing it under the Stockport Spartans weightlifting club there. Amazing. Yeah. So it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. And it just seems like you've really embraced the whole lockdown, you know, made the most of it, had that pause time that we all had um, during that period and really, you know, put a clear goal for yourself, you know, and are working towards it, um, which is an amazing thing. Have you ditched the online courses now? I mean, would you reintroduce it? I know many people are Zoom saturated. If Zoom would like to be a sponsor of the show, by the way, uh, goldfish at the podstation.co.uk. Or Fat Larry. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but it, I know people are a bit saturated with Zoom now, but there does certainly, I believe, the, the remains and will have a place in the future for it. I just don't know whether you see it within your particular field and if so would you reintroduce some of the stuff you were doing for people who might not be able to physically make your your sessions i think absolutely i think that uh, this pandemic has cha changed the landscape in so many ways um i think there's absolutely room for online um online sessions whether that's for people who are a little bit more at risk um, whether that's for people who are not comfortable yet to come to the gym, that's fine too. Um, that can be an on-ramp for them to become a little bit fitter and a little bit more confident and then actually come to the gym. So it's a good way to on-ramp people too. Um, yeah, I, I think I think there's, there's still space for it too. Uh, a lot of, you see a lot of people buying Pelotons, a lot of people using iFit with a Nordic track, and these are all at-home subscription-based um you know models and they work you know people people use them definitely and the cool thing about it is that there's an unlimited amount of people that you can add to a zoom session like yeah. you could have 30 30 people following along you know all over the world yeah exactly there's no geographical, geographical restraint when you're online which is which is great especially if you go in self-employed and in terms of business uh, have you had seen an upturn in your your 
either your numbers now or during sort of the lockdown period? So interestingly, yeah, I did touch on that earlier. Um, we lost a few and then we gained a whole bunch because over the lockdown period, people needed, it was actually mostly from Instagram that that happened from the content that I was sharing, which is mostly the videos actually um, that worked the best for bringing leads into the previous business. Um, people loved looking at the videos, they looked interesting, and I was programming a different workout every single day. I think we, we I had certain workouts that were tester workouts, and those were the only workouts that were uh, re replicated over lockdown, but otherwise there was a new one every day. So that kind of brought people in. That was very interesting for people. So they came in, then they saw the community side of it with the WhatsApp group, the Facebook group, and people interacting. They loved that. That was a massive part of it, I think. Friday afternoons were super busy. We'd, like, we'd be like 18, 20 people on the Zoom class, everybody chatting, having a great time. Sun was shining. It was brilliant. People really enjoyed that. So, yeah, there was, there was an uptake. What about now? People are allowed to go back to gyms. Uh, have you seen those people who joined the, the online version? Of, has that transferred over? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, they want to come and see the people that they saw online. Like they want to see them face to face and like actually meet them, you know, meet in real life. Like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it, it, it has plus people want to, after being locked down for so long, they want to, to move out and, 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 and actually meet people in real life. See them sweating, you know, in, in, <laughs> in a socially distanced cool. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So how can people get in touch with you, Elil, if they want to know a little bit more about your story or touch base with you with regards to Viking Fit? Yeah, um, Viking Fit, obviously the Instagram account for Viking Fit and the website I'm still working on. Um, that's a work in progress in the next few months that'll be ready. But um, people can uh, direct message me on Instagram um, at Elil Wallace. Um, or they can email me, eliolwallace at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. Fantastic. We'll make sure that the uh, contact details go in the show notes. So if you do decide you want to, uh, well, if like me, you recently, or more particularly today, put the new batteries in your scales and found out some home truths, uh, you can get <laughs> in touch and put those problems right. <laughs> we should do a go fish workout session how about that oh my 100%. god i would love that i will totally do that with you guys we'll get our spandex on <laughs> yeah no we won't <laughs> i'm all for the spandex i'm just not sure everyone wants to see me sweating <laughs> go fish workout that'd be awesome people yeah. will love that oh my god i love the idea <laughs> Well, we, we we might revisit that. Let let's work on Chris for a short while and see see to what extent we can get him into his spandex. I ju I just think it's a good idea that you and I hadn't met Elil before <laughs> today. Really, marked. Um, <laughs> we we could have been in trouble, couldn't we? Yeah, he looks far too healthy and happy for I know, me. I know. It doesn't he encourage you to be like, I need to go and do a workout now because when I met when I met Elil for the. Well, second time, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to go back to the gym today. 
I well, I mean, I actually started going back to the gym a couple of weeks ago because I've had my first jab and that had kicked in, so I feel more comfortable doing that. And um, because I'm a broken soul, I couldn't do any real exercises because I can't do any of the impact stuff. Um, so when my gym shut down, which is the only way I can really exercise now, because I need all the cross trainers and stuff so that I can exercise, yeah. I would have loved to have been able to access something like you. I, I, it never even occurred to me, if I'm being brutally honest. You know, doing sort of the the sort of the the strength exercises with like the elasticated bands and stuff like that. I just yeah. if I'd have had that somebody motivating me every day i probably wouldn't have been as disappointed when i put the batteries back in those scales would i <laughs> <laughs> oh well i'm paying for it now where do you go to gym mark uh thornton hall oh, if they want to be a sponsor of the show by the way it's thornton hall i made monthly donations to them i think my my one visit there was possibly the most costly visit that i've uh, <laughs> That I've ever had anywhere. <laughs> I was a m- member for two years. Do you mean donations as in you, you joined and then didn't go? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I was going. I'd actually got into there and I'd lost, I'd lost some weight. And <laughs> then lockdown kicked in and they shut the bloody gyms. And I was like, Christ. So I, tr- I started trying to do runs on the beach and yeah, what have tough. you. And, and I, I, it just broke me because I couldn't do it. It's tough, mate. Like, I, running... It, if you if you kind of, if you're just getting into fitness at the beginning, running will wreck you one time. Quick, quick! If, if you don't. Well, I've got I've got a bad ankle. I've got a destroyed knee. I've got a bad back, and so just the constant pounding. And I was like, right, I can't do anything. And then I thought, sod it. Let's just eat burgers and chips and buns, <laughs> and we'll deal we'll deal with it after the three weeks um, that that it will last. <laughs> This is therapy. <laughs> 16, yeah. 16 months later, after all those burgers and buns. <laughs> God damn it. Right. Right. Well, um, uh, uh, we'll have to draw a line there, but that was brilliant. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And good luck with the new business. Thank you very much. I, love, I really love being on the show. Thank you so much. Bye now. All the best. Bye. 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 With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn. Right, so Chris, shall we introduce our second guest? Uh, It's my very great pleasure to introduce our our next guest today, uh, Craig Greenwood of Evercool Limited, um, Managing Director of Evercool Limited, no less. Uh, I've known Craig for some years. We we both joined a a networking group at a a similar time, and I've seen his company grow from that period. That was probably about eight years ago. And we we are talking to him at a very opportune moment because he's just been named Young Business Person of the Year 
uh, in the the Liverpool Echo Business Awards. So, well done for that, Craig. A, a tremendous effort. Round of applause. Well, well done, Craig. We're we're riding on the crest of your wave, my friend. We certainly are. Um, and one of the judges said Craig created Evercool Limited when he was nineteen in two thousand and seven. So that's a bit of a giveaway. Uh, going from a one-man band to 38 staff. That's a hell of an achievement. Um, and <clears throat> I suppose uh, I, I suppose the, the first question to you, Craig, is um, uh, tell us a little about what won you, won you the award last year. I, I got two, didn't I? I got uh, the downtown business entrepreneur of the year, um, and I just picked up the young business person of the year, yeah, also, I mean, they're, they're amazing, aren't they? They're, to, to be nominated and down to the last three or the last five, what it was, um, you know, for a prestigious yeah. award, it, it, it's amazing. You know, I was uh, I was honoured, really. So to actually come away and win and bag the pair of them, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. It's being a bit greedy getting two awards. <laughs> The, uh, but but yes, I mean, a, a very prestigious award. It raises your profile. You, you actually won it during uh, possibly the most difficult period in in everybody's lives, didn't you? Um, how did you manage to keep your your business going during the pandemic? The last 15, 16 months or however long it is since Boris appeared on that Monday and said, everyone go home. Initially, it was it was probably like everybody was it was a uh, really really tough. You know, we, the lockdowns happening, no one knew what was going on. You know, the government, the, the no one no one really knew what was happening. Um, one thing I would say about the government that um, that's in at the moment, the Conservatives, is the 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 help the businesses massively. The the bounce back loans, the grants, you know, the furlough scheme. It's been. That's helped um, our customers survive, shall we say? Um, yeah, yeah. We save the hospitality industry, um, and yeah, when that shut down, and even now, you know, it's 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 still not it's still not on its feet yet. So it's it really really impacted our business, but you know, we have to we have to keep moving. That. I. As you, as you know, Chris, I used to box, so I treat everything like like I'm in a boxing fight. And if, if something doesn't if something doesn't uh, work, you've got to you've got to be on your toes. You've got to swap and change direction and move again. So um, yeah, it was initially initially it was tough, but thank God the construction industry um, stayed open. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure it would have been quite as successful. We have been the last fifteen months, like. So you've you've done a bit of bobbing and weaving over the last uh, the last twelve months, then obviously. So what about the future for hospitality, Craig? Because you your your company or Evercool provides services to the the restaurant trade, the hotels, bars. You do refrigeration, you do ventilation, and what's the other one? I did know it. <laughs> uh, refrigeration, ventilation, air conditioning. Yes, yes, the main one. Um, so in, in terms of the hospitality what what does the future look like there have you heard any any rumblings there are you are you still got your customers initially you know some of the customers that were on the rocks i think they've went you know you know um because 
it's cash flow, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. I think the, yeah. the cash suddenly stopped. It, you know, the doors aren't open, so it's um, it's been difficult one for them. And one that I've, you know, some of these customers are friends of mine where we've been, you've been working with me for 10 years, you know, so to see them struggling, you know, I'm sympathising with them and helping them through it. Um, now, like the, the nightclub industry, has been impacted the most, I would say. Um, yeah. The beauty about it moving forward uh, is the strong ones will pull through, and you know, and we all come out this together. We work, we're all we're all in it together, aren't we? So I've yeah. helped and supported them. They've supported me over the years. Um, in terms of new bars, restaurants, and nightclubs, and everything moving forward, one thing that's pandemic has highlighted is the need for ventilation so if you if you read the advert and space space and fresh air i can go to like oh did you hear that <laughs> well, um, you know and i've got i've got a ventilation wholesale con- company that sells all ventilation products to the trade and we just uh, our end of year is next wednesday we just it's a record month of sales and a record year for turnover. So, um, and the profits have been pretty strong as well in there. So it's you know we, it's unfortunate in, in the case that you know I've got um, I've got a manufacturing company, a wholesale company, and Evercool. Each feed the other, don't they? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is it just hospitality that you do work for or you work with or is it a wider construction area because construction's done quite well during this this period we serve the hospitality sector that's a that's a, a chunk of our uh, revenue or was our, a chunk of our revenue um but no we deal with we've got council contracts you know with super supermarkets that's one trade that's really boomed in, in the pandemic is the supermarkets um, You've got the, your takeaways that never really shut that they, they need anywhere where you've got a fridge or uh, an air conditioning system or a, a kitchen a ventilation system you know there are customers so um now the new build as food you know so the residential um ventilation and more so recently the residential air conditioning systems that we've been installing you know people doing extensions on the houses putting big glass sliding doors in and the, and, it, and the house is too hot or the bedroom's too hot you know during the in the summer months so we have really been we picked up massively on the domestic side of things for the air conditioning um, so so climate change is being good to you as well then Craig yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know um for uh, we want the, the, the summer months but in the winter months people are more clocking on that air conditioning does heating and cooling so yeah, yeah. in the hotels you won't have a central heating system they'll have an air conditioning system because it does both yeah. and it's more economical to run than a gas fired boiler yeah it's it's interesting how different businesses have uh, have either benefited or suffered from uh, from this this pandemic over the last last 15 months isn't it and um, and, and the changes we were hearing about changes from the the previous interviewee and I guess the the domestic business is uh, is relatively new for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, if you go on holiday, it's totally domesticated there. Every household has got its its own air conditioning system in America and Australia. They've got their own air conditioning and ventilation system. It's never really come over to the UK um, because being predominantly people associating air conditioning with, with the coolant side of things, whereas now it's, it's heating and cooling and people are moving away from the gas boilers and more going towards air source heat pumps where it'll be, you know, you can install a system that'll um, heat your hot water up now. Are there different specifications that people are asking for? Are there the, the different requirements that people are after in light of the fact that if you're pumping air around a building now, everyone's um, totally paranoid that they're probably going to catch the latest disease going on. So presum- presumably that's either created a new demand for your products or it's created an extra challenge that you have to overcome. Within the m group, you've got your air conditioner, your ventilation, your electric and your, your, your plumbing. Um, it's, it's more... Uh, magnified now the ventilation aspect of how many air changes per hour you get into into a, into a building as than it was you know pre-COVID. So it's going to help the ventilation industry uh, domestically and commercially massively this pandemic. Um, yeah, and yeah, I I own a manufacturing company that manufactures ventilation ductwork. So we buy the raw material in we manufacture it we then sell that to different wholesalers around the country which myself i'm i'm one of them um, called and then the wholesalers sells to different contractors around around the country and again i'm one of them so i literally i i, I buy the raw material in i make it i wholesale it and i fix it you know? so that that line of um that that ventilation line if you like i've got it I've got it covered. <laughs> Brexit has it's impacted the cost of the ventilation. Right. Steel has doubled in price since November. You know, so sometimes when you're winning, you're winning, but when you're losing, it hurts more because I'm hurting all the way through. You know, so it's well, overall, yeah, it's, it's good. It gives me control, quality control, and and if I wanted, there's not many people. I don't if any can 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 compete with me in the marketplace. You know. No, and I think it's a, a remarkable uh, success story. And uh, this is going. To, that's going to be my next question. I mean, you started your business in two thousand and seven. Uh, first of all, did you did you ever dream you'd be where you are? Um, not so very long after that. Fourteen years is not a long time. It might seem it. Um, yeah. But uh, Craig, what do you put your your success down to? I think personal attributes, really, Chris. I'm not, I, as you know, I'm not, I'm not a well-educated person with, with, in terms of what I got in my grades in school or whatever. You know, I was behind, if anything, from an early age, you know, when I was playing catch-up. And, you know, it's just, you know, determination, discipline, being consistent and, and wanting to, to learn, you know. Um, so, like you say, I was... I was 19 when I first started the business, and, and you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know any. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought, you know what? I've got, I'll go make some cards. I'll go and pop them out to butchers and chippies and convenience stores and, and see where it gets me. Having good client retention um, is important, is as important as, as, as trying to gain new clients. You know, so 
and I've got an excellent uh, client retention. It's I mean we're, we're actually installing air conditioning in one of the restaurants that 14 years ago I handed the card out to, and and we, and we picked up the phone call. I mean, I, wow. 14 years ago I, I didn't even know what social media was, you know. So it wasn't like I'd done I'd put a big strategy in place. I didn't know. I just knew that for how many cards out and put my name out, and I know if someone makes phones me up and. I go and fix the fridge or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and provide a good service, then I'll keep them. And it's grown from there, really, Chris. The success really is, is I think, a bit of luck, a bit of luck to got to play into it and, and timing of, of when, you know, when things have, um, what things have happened in the world. Like in 2007, the crash hit. And if you remember, you know, before that, people were opening bars and restaurants left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah. Crash it. Afford new fridges. They have to, they have to repair them, and that's where I come into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, good point. Yeah, is there anything that you've had to adapt for your business because of the pandemic, whether it be restrictions or challenges? You've had to adapt it, but that you'd actually keep, even though the world is returned to some form of normality. The one thing that I think you all you all agree on is 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 how I basically I, I, I learned how to manage my business remotely, um, given more, a bit more responsibility to the managers that manage business. It, it enabled me to sort of come out of the operation and work on the business, whether I'm not in the business and more go down, you know, planning the, you know, I do my business plan over the next five years and. Um, what strategies I'm going to be using to to build the company and and what what key points I need to hit, what targets and goals that I write down and and, and the action plan behind it. So it's it's more it's more how um, if the pandemic never happens, who knows? I might have been running around like a headless chicken again. You know, still making money. I wasn't a business girl. You know, but maybe I wouldn't have had the time to put the brakes on. I've actually have a look what's going on around me and um, and go from there. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. Some some thinking time to uh, just take stock and see where you go. Craig, changing the subject slightly, um, I know that you do uh, a lot of um, community work as well uh, that you put back into the community because you you do regard yourself as uh, as one of the more fortunate ones. And and you 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 put back into the community. Would you like to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, you know I sponsor a lot of football clubs and you know I'm amateur boxing clubs, golf players. You know I I just think um, giving people a giving kids a chance, you know, and and helping where they can, you know, because I don't like to like to say like a bit disadvantaged backgrounds because I feel like I'm not no longer there and I'm saying it's disadvantaged but it is at the end of the day it's yeah. come from absolutely nothing to to doing all right do you know what I mean and, yeah. and you know there's a lot of kids out there today Chris where you know the, for years they're getting drilled into their heads about you know getting high grades and going to university and stuff like that and the last two years have been must be terrible time for the kids and the pressure they must feel off the parents to, to get 
to get the grades. You know, I, I just think, I think there's not, it, there's not, um, it's not to be all and end all if you don't, you know. Um, no. Now, I'm a, there's a, I'm a, there's a something called Football for Change that Trent Alexander Arnold's heading up. And, yeah. and uh, a, lot of people, a lot of sports stars and famous people that are backing it. And I'm one of the business leaders that are, are backing the initiative whereby, you know, in, in combined with businesses, uh, business leaders and sports people going into communities, community clubs, and, uh, and basically saying to them, look, you know, keep your head down, get into football, get into boxing, get into get into sports in general. And, and what that teaches you, uh, you know, you carry on for the rest of your life, you know, your discipline, your, your determination, all these personal attributes that I mentioned before, yeah. stuff that I've learned from being a, being a, a boxer when I was younger. So, um, so yeah, it's it, given, given back or just following them that you don't have to, be, be, being like well, academically clever to, to, yeah, to yeah. crack on. You know what I mean? There's, there's, well, there are not a business owner. You know, there are different. Yeah, there are different sorts of uh, of intelligence, aren't there? You know, it, 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 there's academic intelligence, but that's as you as you've as you've pointed out, that's not everything. Um, yeah. And these these uh, these community uh, causes that you've been supporting are. I think you know that so um, so good in 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 occupying people's time and showing them that, that showing people that there's a different way. You've also got involved with some pretty high profile football. I've seen you photographed with uh, with some with a number of Liverpool stars. With people said to me, you know, who's that fellow? Who's that fellow standing next to uh, next to Craig <laughs> Craig Greenwood? Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> Final question from me: um, What what do you think the the period from post well post pandemic once we once we're released into the into the wild without our masks and all that sort of thing if we ever are um, what what does what does the future hold for for Evercool and the the group of companies surrounding it? What's this space, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's something confidential that you can't tell us. I've, I've just been to do uh, a new warehouse. Um, it's twelve thousand square foot warehouse. Currently, wow. I'm operating between. Um, I've got three three trading businesses, if you like. One in Liverpool, which is Evercool. I've got Ebootal, um, which is based in obviously Sefton. Uh, that's my wholesale company. I've got my manufacturing company in Kirby, which is in Nosley. So. Um, you know, logistically, not ideal. You know, so I've used the property today, twelve thousand square foot, um, and it'll give me, it'll give me um, space to grow. Will you consolidate everything under one roof? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Put everything under yeah. one roof, and from I'll have me my accounts department there. I'll have the three businesses operating from from there, and. Yeah, because it'll, it'll help me grow because where I am now, or the space I'm occupying now is a thousand square, so it's gonna yeah. um, it's gonna put another eighty percent of space on where at the moment. As I say, I think it's fantastic, and might I say, you you you're doing all these things, and you you don't look at all stressed. 
you should be looking stressed, Craig, like the rest of us. <laughs> I don't think the camera shows, but I've got lots to say here. It's all right, Craig. I can Photoshop all that out for you, mate. You look, you look young and handsome and refreshed by the time I finish with you. Um, that's great, Craig. That's it from me. Uh, Ishtar, um, Mark, uh, have you have you got anything you'd like to ask before uh, before we say goodbye to Craig? No, I mean it's just a fascinating story, Craig, and I think it's really interesting to see how both of our guests have had that pause moment and what they've done with that pause moment yeah, that we all yeah. had last year, and that they've both turned it into something really, really beneficial and really had a, an opportunity to stop still and say, okay, how am I doing the right thing? Does this make me happy? How can I make the best of this situation? That's really interesting. So thank you. Craig, for your for your input today. Yeah, it's um, I, I mean, I've I've got a, a a family history within the sector that you work in, and know how it's it's done quite well over the the pandemic period. Um, and it's and to be honest, the fact that you've grown it over that short period of time is a a great success story. I'm looking forward to you really striving forward in big steps when you you sponsor Cheshire Lions Football Club, um, because of course that 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 will really that'll probably take you up to that next echelon of success. Uh, to be perfectly honest, Craig. Then you'll then you'll be standing next to some proper class A football stars. I think Craig's done his share of that already. Um, Craig, uh, if people want to get in touch with you as uh, as a result of uh, listening to you today, what, where, how can they contact you? Yeah, um, if, you contact, if you contact the office on 0151 or if you'd like to drop me an email, uh, Craig at evercool.co.uk. Um, I can either reply to the email or get back to them on the on the mobile. It's, thank you very much for having me. It's been the first ever podcast, so I've been very nervous, and, and it's not as bad as not as bad as I thought. So uh, we, thank we, you very we, much. We, we don't bite. We don't bite. I do, but you have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> As always, we'll make sure that Craig's contact details go in the show notes so you can just click and, and read and it'll all be there for you. Brilliant, Craig. Well, we'll catch you soon, mate. Thanks a lot. So, joining me live is Dave Palmer from Perfect Getaways, our third guest for this show. Now, you're probably wondering why we've suddenly gone from uh, an online recording to a physical one. Dave, you were working hard the other day on a golf course, was that right? Oh, that was right, yeah. About time I was due a little bit of golf. <laughs> so uh, uh, we're, we're doing this live and it's just me and Dave, so I'll try and compensate for the fact that uh, Ishtar and Chris came up with a lot better questions than I probably will. So Dave, explain what your business does and I think very quickly people will probably realise how the pandemic might have affected your ability to trade. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm the owner of a company called Perfect Getaways. We're an independent travel agent uh, with five shops across um, Cheshire and, and the Northwest. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously been affected, as, as you can imagine, from the very first lockdown when um, travel was pretty much stopped immediately and international uh, flights were, were stopped. So we've been, as a sector, not just as a travel agent, but as a sector in, in travel, we've been 
affected quite massively over the last 15, 18 months. I mean, next question would probably be what sort of things have you done to adapt your business? But I suspect because you've been essentially locked down and restricted, there's not really been anything you you have been able to do. I mean, is there anything you've done to sort of keep in the forefront of people's minds whilst you've been on this hiatus? Is it? Yeah, very much so. I mean, as as a travel agent, we've had to be available, so we've not been able to furlough like other sectors have been able to do um, with all of our staff, because obviously we've had thousands of holidays that have been affected that were previously booked. Um, so we can't just close our shops and, and, and go away for, for 12 months. So because of that, we've obviously had the, the staff costs to pay even when working from home and, and locked down. So we've had to find ways and means of um, almost tempting consumers with uh, holidays and offers in times to come to, to, to keep moving. So although obviously we, we, don't, we don't actually receive uh, the money in, until they're going on holiday, we've been constantly looking in the future and tempting people with idyllic holidays that, that they can only dream of at this time. And have you seen a change in the holidays that people are looking after off the back of this? Are they going to different destinations or is it much the same because people are assuming that normality will resume at some point? I think I think because people have um, they've had to lose the holiday last year and a lot of people have had to lose the holiday this year as well. I think they're looking for um, more idyllic locations to go to. So they almost feel like they've missed out in 2020 they're going to miss out in 2021 so they're going big so they're going bigger bigger and better yeah oh well that should be nice well hopefully yeah i mean what we've always got to remember is we we've missed we've missed those years out and people have, are, are obviously moving but certainly we, we've definitely seen a big increase to places like uh, the maldives to uh, the caribbean to mexico to further afield whereas quite ordinarily maybe they'd have had two or three trips to Spain, Portugal, France, etc. And have the prices of the holidays changed? Because I presume the destinations that you're now dealing with are trying to play some sort of catch-up. And has that affected the demand of the people who are looking to to book these holidays? Or is it that people are so desperate to get away, they would pay whatever it is that is the asking price at the minute? Yeah, I mean, holiday pricing has has been low for, um, for the last 12 months. You've got you've got to take into account that the a uh, uh, high proportion of people that will not want to book a holiday at this moment in time. And we totally understand that, uh, and because of that, then the availability is is obviously there through through the tour operators. So that that brings in a, a sort of low price point or certainly a competitive price point. What people have always got to remember is when things open, and you know hopefully everything opens for everybody at some point very soon when things open there'll be a massive surge in in holiday demand and that's when you'll see the prices start to rise quite significantly now at the time of recording this it was supposed that the whole of social distancing rules would have gone away we could hug and kiss each other indiscriminately uh, that's been put on hold because there's been a sort of a, an increase in infections again um the question would would have perhaps been in those circumstances have things returned back to normal for you we kind of already know the answer to that particularly with the travel industry you seem to be playing a hokey-cokey of where you can and can't go is there any sort of light at the end of the tunnel and what's your business strategy in trying to adjust in what is quicksand 
Yeah, it, it, it's difficult, um, especially with the constant change. At the moment, what's happening is the, um, the government are reviewing every three weeks, and they've got a traffic light system of red, amber, and, and green, which is quite confusing for people looking to book travel. It's not just holidays we're talking about. We're talking about travel to see relatives, travel for work, etc. So that that's really, really difficult. There, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There's talk about uh, the government bringing in um, travel to amber countries without having to quarantine on the back of being double jabbed, as you may have heard. Um, you know, that might be quite controversial to some. I, I totally get that. At the end of the day for us, I think it's about providing that choice. We're, we're not saying travel at all costs. What we're saying is let's find safe ways to be able to travel and let people be able to decide and to, and to do that. The holiday sector has been quite creative, I suppose, in more recent times because of the abroad travel plans. There have been some sort of new, almost invented holidays, plus perhaps a great promotion of ones that already existed, but people perhaps didn't do because they had that golden beach in Portugal on their mind. 100%. I mean, the the cruise companies, for example, are, are a really good example of that because cruises have been hit probably worse than than any 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 sector even in the travel industry everybody remembers the cruise ships at the outset where they were locked down and couldn't get off the cruise ships almost um in a prison in their own rooms they've been really creative in doing uk cruises around the uk only uh which is becoming one big big bubble of up to three and a half thousand people uh on a cruise ship so they're always looking for ways to to sort of Try and find a way to, to give the consumer something that, that is there to, to look forward to. Um, you know, it, it, it's difficult. It is really difficult. And, you know, so long as they keep it, as long as they keep it safe and people remain socially distanced, um, you know, we look forward to seeing a time when we don't have to do that. But certainly at this moment in time, that, that is the case across the country, isn't it? And is there anything that you've done either as a business or you think the travel sector has done to adapt to the current world that might actually be kept on because it's proven to be a roaring success or is something that perhaps they wouldn't have done otherwise but now realise actually was quite a good idea? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I think we've all got things to learn from, from this whole experience. If we just sat down 18 months ago, Mark, we'd have never, we'd have never dreamed we'd have been talking about this. But I, I do think there's there's a lot that's going to be learned out of, out of this. And even when times go back to normal in, in, in the future, I think there will be certain parts of, of what we've learned and adapted from this that, that will be taken forward. You know, playing, we, we talk about getting on a, a, a tube, a metal tube and getting on a plane is not the most ideal um type of way to 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 be traveling at this moment in time they've actually adapted really really well in the way that they Very circulate cool. yeah. the the air etc which makes it far far less likely to infect other people than even going on the trains in london etc so i think all of this is going to be a, a a big learning curve and things that we can take forward to to make the world a safer place going forward and the future does it look bright for perfect getaways it, it does. We, we've traded through this. It, you know, I can't sit here and say it's not been hard. Of course, it's been hard. It's been really hard on our staff and the challenge that they face that, you know, the, the constantly changing and moving holidays on, on, a, on a daily basis. And that's really, really difficult. For two or three months, it might have been all right. But when we're talking 18 months now, it gets harder and harder for them. But the future, you know, the future is bright. Our aim throughout all of this has been 
to be in as best a position possible when we come out of this as a, as a business and you know fingers crossed and touch wood we, we certainly are, are looking to do that from from a point of view of travel people will always want to travel this is a fantastic world that we live in we don't want to just see you know the 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 country that we live in it's an amazing world out there and the, the sooner that people can go and experience all of that and the different cultures etc then the better for everybody and do you feel like you've got a bit of momentum to get back to some sort of normality because of the things that you were doing during the last 18 months like you're very prevalent on social media um, are those sort of things paying a little bit of dividend because rather than starting from a, a standing start you've 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 got some momentum that you can benefit from 100 percent. i think you know things that we've learned is that you know we're, we're we're a retail business with shops on on the high street we can't just rely on those shops and f- fall into those shops going forward we've learned new ways of getting out and and sort of getting in front of customers which has been through social media we're looking at websites with yourself at the moment and being able to to attract people through that we've done things with partnerships with different businesses to be able to attract people from that so this is going to be an important part of our business going forward is, is learning from this and the actual amount that we rely on through through the through the shop door you know hopefully becoming a lesser percentage and getting things from from elsewhere fabulous now if people wanted to get in touch or they wanted to peruse the wonders of the world with perfect getaways how would they get in touch with you yeah i mean you can go on our website which is www.perfectgetaways.co.uk or certainly follow us on facebook uh which is at perfect getaways we we've got offers galore that are on there every day tempting you to go and find those bike pricer places and you know get yourself something to look forward to which we all need don't we i'll go and visit your in stores because you've, you've got fabulous stores haven't you we have yeah i mean our, our stores are amazing we we have a philosophy of your holiday starts here which means that the minute you walk into our shops it should feel like you're going on holiday we've got gym bars we've got playrooms we've got all sorts games machines for, uh, to keep the kids uh, all entertained and then we've got sweet shops as well so yeah, come and see us in Neston, Little Sutton, Birkenhead, Liverpool or St. Helens. Have a gin and book a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself drunk and then you'll That's go it. even bigger and even better. <laughs> I like your way of thinking. Well, Dave, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Mark. That was pretty fascinating, wasn't it, guys? Well, it certainly was, yes, absolutely. I think the one thing I did notice, I mean, I appreciate that, and, and Craig alluded to this, the... Um, the hospitality sector and certainly with social distancing there are still quite a lot of businesses who are very hamstrung and still have their hands tied behind their back in terms of getting getting up and going again but it is it's quite nice to hear so many success stories that have come from what's been a pretty miserable period Ishtar. Mm, I think Look, that pause period, however difficult it might have been, I think in hindsight, all of us are looking back on that period with a sense of, thank God we had it, because it's the first time many of us have had that opportunity to stop and think, what are we doing? Is this good for me? You know, how can I make this better kind of moment? And I think that that's really important. And, you know, moving forwards, we don't know what new is going to look like. You know, Boris was saying in the news that there might be further lockdowns in December. Our businesses, as a result of the last 15, 16 months now, future-proofing their businesses to ensure that, you know, they can survive further lockdowns in the winter period or not. I mean, that that for me is a super interesting 
um, you know, discussion point. And it's the reason why I chose to go remote so that I can continue to work. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see how people are going to be adapting and, you know, going to be looking at that moving forward. And Mr. Roxbury, you, you were one who very much has adapted or rather added an extra string to your bow for the remote options as a result of lockdown. Does that give you a bit of a peace of mind if, it does transpire that we end up having to undergo some more restrictions in in the winter god forbid yeah it's fair to say that i'd prefer not to but um but yes uh i now know that i can carry on um and i can do zoom zoom webinars um and uh, as opposed to the workshops that i'm desperately keen to get back to but um, obviously can't arrange anything firm yet but I, I was interested with uh, with one of the interviewees saying that he used the he used the period just to just to reflect uh, to to have a reset if you like uh, and to take stock of everything that was going on. It's what Ishtar said before. It's sort of a the pause button. Um, and whereas some of us have uh, have pivoted a little bit, uh, I mean Craig in particular has a bigger business and there was more to more to consider um and probably less less easy for him than than it is for us because we work for ourselves but um but no they they both seem to or all three of them seem to have done it and uh, good luck to them we like to set ourselves a challenge each week if i put my teeth in um and uh, this week we're, we're going to do some polls we've we've each of us been given a question each haven't we um to to, to pose as a, a linkedin poll so if you keep an eye out on either ishtar's chris's or my own linkedin profiles we will be throwing up a linkedin poll um some of which i i, I think we're going to try and do it so that they're still live certainly i'm going to make sure that mine's still live whilst um when this show is aired and then you can go on and let us know and they're all questions geared around what your thoughts are about the current circumstances what the future holds uh, those kind of things um tying in with some of the stories and the feedback that we've had today uh, so uh, get on there and check it out i think we've covered everything there haven't we we have yep excellent well in that case then we shall uh, we shall wrap it up nicely if you've heard something of real interest and you want to get in touch with anyone uh, then if you get in touch by email it's goldfish at the podstation.co.uk uh, you can get in touch via social media can't we ishtar you can yeah at gofish marketing underscore marketing underscore marketing my bad. except for twitter because it didn't let us have enough characters so it's actually go fish underscore marketing not confusing at all yeah no uh, follow us on instagram that's easier it is it is chris what platforms can they check us out on they can check us out on all the all the best known platforms mark too many and too varied to mention just just go for one of the better known ones we'll be there 
Indeed, if you go to the, the podstation.co.uk forward slash gofish, you'll actually find links to all of those platforms. Uh, subscribe, and then next time the, the when the latest show drops, uh, it will automatically download onto your device. And give us a review. A couple of episodes ago, we, uh, we were talking about reviews. Uh, we want more reviews. Let us know. Is this good? Is this bad? Is there something we can do better? Um, better still, if you've got a suggestion for a topic that you'd like us to to cover, um, get in touch. So uh, that brings us to an end. You two, thank you, as always, for your wonderful assistance. And in this particular episode, your fabulous hosting skills. Well, yes. But both of you, the future Parkinson's. <laughs> I, I was thinking that when Ishtar was uh, was quite obviously firmly in charge, I, I was most most impressed. Professional. I was going for the Oprah, but clearly that didn't pull itself off, did it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Parkinson. That's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right, guys. Well, we'll catch you next time. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye now. Bye for now. Get social at go underscore fish marketing on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.